2: Jacob Albright, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
0: Welcome in everybody, TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday, we're getting ready for the weekend, the weekend off from the NFL before the final weekend of the NFL season, the Chiefs getting ready for another Super Bowl uh, against the San Francisco 49ers, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here with you. Um, Lots to get to today, as always. We'll be joined later this hour by the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, to look ahead to the weekend, see uh, what he has seen, and if the Cats can get things turned around and get back on a path to the NCAA tournament. We'll have that. Uh, Some other things. Interesting stuff. I pulled from the Shockers yesterday, sort of highlighting this up and down uh, within game season of the Shockers. We'll get you ready for KU in the game of the weekend, I think, in college basketball against Houston. And we'll, of course, look at the Super Bowl, all the other things happening around the sports world. Good morning, everybody. We'll give away some HTO today. We'll take your calls on the KFH hotline, 869-1240. Uh, Tommy, how are you today?
3: I'm good. Happy Groundhog's Day.
0: Yeah, okay. So what what do we have? Is it that or is it is it Baldur Snob uh, Phil? Is that what I hear, Chad? Ted renamed the, the uh, squirrel? Or the groundhog, whatever it is, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. the woodchuck is, woodchuck, groundhog. What wood, you thought it you was know, a prairie dog
3: or a possum? Prairie dog, uh... prairie dog. Phil, that's our <laughs> version dog. here in, in Kansas. Yeah, yeah,
0: prairie dog. I I had I um, I had to teach one of my kids what prairie dogging was the other day. Uh, they oh. thought it was hilarious, uh, <laughs> as I do. I think it's really funny. Uh, so. The, this the uh, the uh, critter there says more spring. I only listen to him when he says more spring. If he yes. says more winter, I call it a hoax and like this is so stupid. But when he predicts an early spring, I'm like, yeah, duh, of course. We well, I'm not
3: sure I've ever like really known exactly what has to happen. Like I get it mixed up. If he sees his shadow, I, yeah, don't, I don't know, know what either. that means. If he doesn't, I like I don't I just I don't know. I have no idea. But we go through it every single year. I feel like I should learn this at some point.
2: One, one of the things you do have to remember about this, though, one of our features, they were actually uh, discussing the results, like statistically. And statistically, he is wrong about 60% of the time. Yeah. So whatever the folklore says it's supposed to be, just assume the opposite, and you're going to be right more often than not. So the- he, he didn't see his shadow, and that means an early spring, so we're probably not going to get an early spring. There's at least a 60% chance.
0: Hmm. So the 40% then that he's right, we will, again, pretend is just the time that uh, that he predicts an earlier spring, right? Is that is that acceptable? Is that fair? I'm
3: okay with that. It's fine with me. I don't yeah. think
2: there's anything you can say that makes it any less dumb. So, you know,
0: however if you, you want to look if- at it. <laughs> If you want to get a rise out of a meteorologist, just ask him what they think about Punks yep. Phil. Uh, by the way. They'll let you know. Uh, but, yeah, early spring, the groundhog says so, so it shall be. And we will enjoy weather like we've had this week for a long time. We're going to get some rain this weekend, which will be nice. It's, you know, the timing of it, I— I complained to our poor meteorologist. I'm like, guys, I love the rain. I know we need it, but I'm, I'm trying to run an ice tea shop here. Could we get that rain like on a Wednesday, please, and not on the weekends? But uh, it'll rain out your weekend, but in a good way, we need it. And, it, you know, like for here, it could be like a drought-busting rain. So we're looking forward to that uh, this weekend as well. It's been beautiful weather this week. It does not feel like February 2nd, and I'm sure we'll get punched in the mouth by the winter again one or two more times before we actually do get to the spring. Uh, but the Groundhog says it will come soon, and we'll listen to him this time. Tommy, I was digging through some of the Shocker stuff yesterday, just trying to, you know, kind of what we were talking about. Like, it feels like within so many games we get both the ceiling and the floor. And and it, it does bear itself out. So in, in a lot of the losses that we've seen, I, I pulled – and, and I didn't even include Memphis here because it's not really fair, right? Memphis was, I know it was tight early, but in the Temple game, they had a nine-point lead with like 10.5 left to go in the first half. FAU, they had a seven-point lead with 12.5 left to go in the game. USF, they had a four-point lead with 17 to go left in the game. ECU, they had a three-point lead in the second half. Tulsa was the most egregious, of course. Uh, that lead dwindled, but it was still at six. Uh, As we were getting toward the end, I think with about six minutes to go, all of these games within there have been those games where you felt like, you know, they they should have won. Again, probably not fair. Could have won is absolutely fair. And you'd like to get at least half of them. Right. And so that that's where like. Again, is it, you know. It's like within games, you can be optimistic or pessimistic based on what you've seen. You see both the ceiling and the floor so often within an individual game. It is I don't recall a team like that where you you feel like the ceiling is so much higher than the floor and there's no consistency in either of them. you know, even within an individual game, like it's not like it's game to game,
3: it's within a game. Yeah, the trend is concerning about how they're not closing out games, and you just have to go back the other day to Tulsa to point that out. And there have been other examples, but I think what makes it so frustrating is that you have to kind of hold your breath. It doesn't matter if the team has an 11-point lead at halftime. It doesn't matter if they are in it and it's a one-possession game with a couple of minutes to go. This team has shown that they have they have trouble closing out ball games, And until they can... Figure that part of it out. I don't care if they've got a double digit lead. It's always going to make you a little bit nervous when you're playing any kind of conference opponent because we've seen this shocker basketball squad blow leads in multiple games this season. And, and so I don't exactly know what the fix is for that. I don't know if that's a mental thing. If it's you know if you can point to one particular thing uh, in the the games themselves that they need to improve on, maybe it's turnovers. I don't know exactly what it is that's been contributing every single game to them blowing those leads, but I do know that until that sort of thing is remedied, no lead is safe, and, and that makes it that much more nervous every time you take the court.
0: Yeah, look, I I think that in game adjustments are are something. Um... That we have to pay attention to, right? In game adjustments have to get better. I I don't know. I it, it I I can't recall again. Like it's it is fascinating. I I don't remember a team that does this so often within a game. And again, I I do think it allows for some optimism when we talk about getting to the AAC tournament and making some noise. They have now shown that they can hang with anybody in the in the conference, right? The second half of Memphis, they were dominated. I mean, the second half against Tulsa, they were dominated too, I suppose. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like They they have the ability to hang with anyone in the league. What does that mean? I, I mean, I think it means that an optimistic take, you can still give them a puncher's chance when you get to that point. What can we see between now and then to change it? I don't know, I you know I, I I probably similar to what we're seeing now. Consistency would be nice, obviously, but it, it's just it's interesting. They've had a lot of leads late in games that they have lost, and that's a problem. But they have had leads late in games that they've lost, so it's like, well, that's good, I suppose. Uh, they up next will have Memphis again Saturday. This one's in Memphis tomorrow noon. It's the big national window. Man, it would be nice for them to have a a good showing in that one. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little K-State hoops with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. They've got a big one. They're all big for K-State down the stretch here. They can't lose the one that they've got tomorrow. We'll talk to Wyatt about that and more next on Sports Stadium.
2: This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson.
0: And glad to be here with Wyatt Thompson again on a Friday on Sports Daily. Wyatt, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well. How about you guys? I'm doing well. I'm curious to know what the vibe is uh, right now around men's basketball. We want to get to some women's (laughs) basketball, too. But around men's basketball, the Cats, on the outside looking in now, I'm fairly certain of the NCAA tournament. And we get to this situation with 10 left, I think, and two of them, including the one Saturday, are games that are not going to help their resume, certainly could hurt it. But there's a lot of pressure, I think, now on the Cats to win a lot of these games. And I guess my question to you is, are they in a position to do that right now?
1: Well, I think you could probably argue that both ways, right? And I, I don't know that any of us necessarily have the answer. I think that's still the goal. But there needs to be you know, some better and more consistent play to, to get there. And you're right. It's not an easy road. Everybody understands how good the big 12 is these days. All you have to do is look at, you know, eight teams ranked or, you know, look at the net rankings or, you know, any of the other metrics. It's, it's going to tell you that, you know, Oklahoma state is a winnable game. um, And yet I don't think under these circumstances, you can take it for granted. um, You know, K-State's now lost three in a row for the first time under Jerome Tang. They struggled the other night mightily on the offensive end. Um, And I know um, after the game, Coach said that, you know, Wednesday was a mandatory day off. Uh, They practiced last night after the radio show, which was a little bit different. Uh, Practice again today briefly before a flight at 3.30 and then a 1 o'clock game on Saturday. So there isn't a lot of time necessarily to kind of try to you know, correct some things, but they've got to figure some things out offensively. And I don't want to be too long-winded here, but everybody kind of saw what happened. They, everybody's trapping K-State into the front court now, and they just haven't had a lot of good quality offense um, at all. Now, now, with that said, it, it isn't just being trapped there. I mean, they they had some good shots early in the game the other night. They just didn't hit any. And I, I've said this all year long. I think at the end of the day, they're pretty good when everybody's playing their part, but they also need those big three, uh, which would be Kaluma, Perry, and Cam, to play well. And it was one out of the three against Oklahoma, and that followed a blowout loss at Houston and a very difficult loss midweek last week in Ames. So, yeah, it's I, I you know, they're going to continue to fight, but it is a very interesting subject because uh, to to get to. You know, with, with where they're at right now in the net and all of those kind of things and and the other metrics, uh, one would surmise that they'd probably have to win nine. I don't think they get in at eight and ten. Do you? I just don't. I think they have to win nine or more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, probably. I I think it honestly, like I think it's going to matter more about the quality of wins. It's always so hard with the net because yeah. it it doesn't matter, and we know this historically. It does it just does not matter. We always want to look at the Big 12 standings when we think about how many Big 12 teams get in. But they're, they're mm-hmm. telling us that they don't care as much about that. So, you know, if you're telling me they get, you know, quality wins over BYU twice, let's say, and, you know, uh, and, and they get a couple of wins or one against Kansas. And, you know, if, if it's some combination of these high, high-end teams – Right. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's yeah. one against Kansas, if it's Iowa State at home, if it's one or two against BYU yeah. I, and, and maybe it's TC, then I think it doesn't really matter the number of them. I think, you, you know, as much as like, where are they 500 or whatever? I think that's what it's going to be. Like, can can they get enough quality, high quality wins to catapult themselves up? Because the metrics right. haven't really liked them all year, even when they were at the top of the league.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a very, very fair assessment and statement. I, I would augment it this way. Think back to last year, and I understand that there are different seasons, but K-State early in the league race went on the road, won a game in Austin, won a game at Waco, and then they put themselves in a position to play themselves out, not play themselves in. <laughs> it's just kind of the opposite this time, don't you think? I mean, they yeah. just – they need – some of those games like what you're describing. If you look at most people that follow the game really pretty closely understand, I mean, I looked yesterday, you know where BYU is in the net as an example? Six. Six, yeah. Not 26 or 46, six. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities. And and it's so I, I totally agree with what you're saying. But I, I think what everybody would say that follows the Cats – Uh, at all would would say is is you know this has been a team that has been pretty inconsistent and you just uh, concern yourself with you know can they put some things together here as we start the month of February
3: you know following up with what you said a couple of moments ago Wyatt about the big three I thought Porter Mosier did a great job in the game against Oklahoma limiting what Kaluma and Carter did in the game and and really disrupting any kind of offensive flow from Kansas State. So for them to get that back and for them to be able to to have good offensive outings from either two of the three of the big three or even all three of them, what do you think Kansas yeah. State has to do to try to make sure that doesn't happen again?
1: Well, this is going to sound like a little bit of an odd answer, but I, I think if you really seriously analyze the game the other night, and I'm going to repeat this, K-State had some good shots early. They just didn't make them. And I would tell you that part of the reason why I think Arthur struggled and Cam struggled was certainly Oklahoma and how they defended. But I also think, uh, if you look at it honestly, and I'm just being blunt here, um, K-State got almost nothing out of the five-man position. Uh, Will McNair played one of his poorest games, uh, not a lot out of Jarrell Colbert. Uh, that makes it most difficult. Um, uh, Cam didn't shoot the ball well, and he had had 14 straight double-digit games. Uh, so, again, that's that's the, the thought that I keep, you know, going to is that everybody has to at least play solid ball. You can't, you, you know, they just don't have the, the the depth and the explosion that they had a year ago. So your margin of error is much much smaller. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I mean, I think it does. It's just where are they going to
0: find it? Right, we talk about right. these wins that it. they need. Yeah, I, I just that's that's where I get it. it I, I've used the term a couple of times now. I, I think they probably are more like who we thought they were going into the season than like mm-hmm. what they were when they started the Big Twelve season. And so, if we almost reassess our focus to, you know, the, the just the talent on the floor that we thought they'd have or whatever. They're going to yeah. have to overplay or play above their means a little bit to go get these. Now, I won't discount their ability to do that because I think Jerome Tang and his staff have done an incredible job. So it, it's it's like it'd be one thing if they were this really ultra talented team, maybe more like last year, right, when they have a couple All Americans mm-hmm. versus right. this year where they they don't have that. I mean, they just flat don't have that.
1: Well, the the <laughs> I. I I guess this one has hung with me for a while, and I'll I'll say it here on on your airwaves that Coach Tang talks a lot when I ask him about these really good teams uh, at the top of the league. And the common denominator is is that they usually have, A, a very, very good point guard, and, 2, a rim protector. And I don't necessarily think K-State has that right now. Tyler has had his ups and downs. Um, he has not shot the ball this year like he has in past. Uh, I, I think in part, maybe it's just, you know, a new system, a new style. I mean, everybody knows that K-State's trying to play a little bit quicker. Uh, but, and I don't want to lay it all on, on you know, just one or two guys. And that's, you know, that's the easy probably way out. But, the, again, the margin of error is smaller, and I, I think when you have the, the the talent that K-State had last year, uh, and, and I mean this sincerely, I, I think what made them special last year were those two kids that we always talk about. But what made them even better was a Desi Sills, who did – he wasn't the world's greatest shooter, but he did everything else great, Okay. Who's that guy this time? You know what I'm saying? I don't know that they necessarily have that either. And that's, you know, it's just sometimes you just have to be honest and kind of tell it like you see it. That, that They just don't have a Desi who can be a lockdown defender, who can get three or four steals, who, you know what I'm saying, um, can go out and get you, you know, five points, seven boards, three steals, whatever, one night, and 15 the next. It, it's just they, they don't have that guy right now they
3: just don't you know why we talked about they this last good week at the
1: rim, too by the way
3: yeah <laughs> right yeah.
1: yeah you know we we
3: talked about this last week and and I know we've talked about it before also this team uh just sounded. you know that's just something that you know they have they've struggled with especially in big 12 play that's something that you think can be corrected as conference play rolls on or is it something they're just going to have to compensate for?
1: Now say the first part of that. I'm not sure I understood the question.
3: They they get out rebounded and you know, they, they've struggled on the boards. And so is that something that is fixable moving forward or are they going to have to compensate for that?
1: Well, if I'm being honest, I I would say it's probably a little of both. I I think they're really a decent rebounding team. What it is in the forefront of their mind. Um, If you remember when K-State was eliminated last year by FAU, Um, it was mainly because of the rebounding. And I think this team uh, is one, too, that has had moments where they've been pretty good. But when you're looking at the last, you know, three or four games, it has not been good enough. Uh, So that has to be a a major focus. And that's, I, I think, the thing i You don't want to overreact. I learned a long time ago doing this that you're usually not as good as you think you are or as bad as you think you are when uh, through the ups and downs of a long conference season. So I say that to say this. I I think if you look when K-State has played well, as an example, uh, Baylor at home, what did you get, okay, against a pretty good and probably decent defensive team? Would Would you say that's accurate? the uh, yes, really yes. elite offensive team, but, but a decent defensive team. K-State played good offense in that game. Why? Well, uh, they, they handled the pressure. They reversed the ball. They got paint touches. They didn't turn it over n- nearly as much and got better shots. It, it, it isn't, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, again, you can make it as complex or as simple as you want, but at the end of the day, that that's, you hit a couple, two or three shots early the other night. Maybe the game's totally different. You don't know. But when you go to the under, the, 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 the second media timeout and you haven't scored, that's, that's pretty problematic. And yet they were, they were still in the game. They were in the game at 51-44 and had just a horrible four-minute stretch where they turned the ball over like three times. It's a 12-1 run, and you're done. They can't do that and win games in this league. I, yeah,
0: I, I just, I, I'm confused. I'm not confused. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I think that I've solidified what I think needs to happen. I just, what I'm confused about is can it. And I think that's on this coaching staff and I am honestly and legitimately excited about that challenge for them to see that and then uh, throw it out. All right. So let's, we just, let's just look at the schedule. We can play a little, you can throw Oklahoma state and West Virginia out the window because those aren't wins that are going to help them. So BYU, you mentioned they're six. It's a strange thing. Metrics are strange. Don't understand them. Mm -hmm. But they're six, even despite four losses in the conference already. So you get two against BYU. You get one at home against TCU. You get Texas on the road. You get Cincinnati on the road. Kansas on the road. uh, Kansas at home. And Iowa State. I think they're going to need to split with the Jayhawks. Can they win two against BYU? I don't know anything about BYU. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know if you've looked at them yet. I think they can oh, beat I Texas it, right? I I think they can beat Texas. Texas has looked vulnerable. I think they can win at home against Iowa State. I think they can go on the road and win. I mean, I think it's all there. Like it the the, the optimist, yeah. you know, take is there for them. They got to still go do it, but but there's there I think there are enough winnable games for them if they play their best basketball, which we've seen them play this year, for them to get in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you said a lot there, and I, th- I think that's the way you have to have to approach it. I I, um, I, I will say this though too. I, I do think the game in Stillwater Saturday and the game here against West Virginia will be harder than most people perceive it to be. West Virginia is different now with Jesse Edwards back. They have that you know rim protector and score back that they've lacked all season long, or, or most of the season anyway, uh, along with several other pieces. And when Oklahoma State was here before, K-State kind of struggled with uh, their four-man. Uh, can they correct that a little bit, and can they avoid just really a poor start? That's the other thing we haven't talked a lot about. In the last three games, their starts have been just bad. I mean, just you, you got to say it that way. They, they, they were down big early, like it was 41-29 at half in, in Ames and, and fought back, tied the game five times never were really a part of the game in Houston, down 11 and nothing in the start. And then the start the other night, you get, I mean, it doesn't matter who you play or where you play, you can't do that. You just can't.
3: Why? I want right. to ask, I, I want to ask you real quick about women's basketball. I know we're going to transition to that. Um, you know, the yeah. Wildcats, they fall uh, on Wednesday to Oklahoma. Uh, only the second loss of the, the season for the Wildcats. No Aoka Lee still. Is this a team that you think can still win a national championship?
1: I think they're in the neighborhood. You know, I I, I do, and and, you know, I'm thinking about this. You wouldn't know this, but I'm going to be doing one of their games coming up here because uh, Brian will be traveling with baseball, Um, and I'm so excited about it because they're so fun to watch, with or without Aoka. I mean, yeah. And and don't criticize me for that because this is a a fabulous player and an All-American talent. Would you rather have her? Of course. But they've been pretty good without her. I mean, it's not a crime to lose a Norman. And I think what hurt them more than anything else, they played a solid game, but they turned the ball over a little bit too much. And that's going to cut. and, and you hit shots, you know, they're, they're, we go back to that thought too, right? Basketball is pretty good when you're hitting shots. So I, I think what I would say is, is I, the reason I think they can make a deep run, it's hard winning championships, but I think that they can make a deep run because with Aoka, they're legitimately 10 deep. Um, and and I think that's the thing that that really stands out. Um, Sundell is having a terrific year as their point guard. Uh, the the Glen Twins have been solid. Gabby's good. Zai Walker, young lady from Wichita Heights, has been a nice add, and and she's got a ton of good basketball ahead of her. And I love Eliza Moppin's game and Sanchez's game. So they've got some really good talent. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about where they're at. And they have another tough one Sunday. I mean, they're at Texas, but you know, I'm looking, if I'm being honest here, I'm looking about, okay, let's say, let's say they can't, they don't win the game Sunday. I just hope people hang with them here because those are two hard places to play against the next, probably two most talented teams in the league. And you got, you know, you get Aoka back towards the end of the month and things could change very, very rapidly. This is a, I mean, this is a two thousand point score and one of the best players to ever play here, maybe the best player to ever play here.
0: That's, yeah, I mean, look, you just get point. her. They've had a
1: lot of good ones here. Yeah,
0: you get you get her back and you take your chances in the tournament. I, you know, I, I think the no most play. important thing is obviously making yeah. sure she's fully, fully healthy.
1: Right. I, I, no recognition. It, I don't think they will do that. Yeah.
0: How much fun is it to have that on campus right now? Because it looks like everybody's fully locked in and engaged appropriately to how good this team is. Uh, but I, I come from a place where women's basketball is a big deal. Uh, I, you know, there were more mm-hmm. fans usually at the women's games when I was in college at West Texas A&M than the men's, and and it's great, <laughs> and I know what it can do on campus. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I love that aspect to things. I imagine for just – even just the student body there, it just, it's another awesome thing to be able to go do and support on whatever night it happens to be happening.
1: Well, I think people really uh, – got turned on by this team when they beat Iowa. Um, That was a really big deal because even the most casual of basketball fans saw what Caitlin Clark was and did last year. And she was the talk of of women's college basketball this season and and continues to be. And they split with a team like that. And it kind of augments that, hey, pay attention, everybody. This group's pretty good. And then they blaze out to a 20-1 and start. Um, And and beat, you know, some pretty good teams along the way, you know, um, beat North Carolina early and that that kind of stuff. So um, in terms of here on campus, it's really been fun. You mentioned the students. They've been great, really, for both the the men and the women. The men all season long, the women uh, definitely since the Iowa game. And yet, also, I think there are more people coming just, you know, around town and around the area uh, to watch this group, whether it's Wichita or Topeka, Kansas City, whatever it might be, just because it is such a a great value ticket-wise and fun to watch. I mean, they're very fundamentally sound. They play really good basketball, and they're winning a bunch, and why not? I mean, I I got back from uh, the game the other day and drove by the arena, and they're playing, and I'm listening to it on the radio, and I'm like, wow. That is so cool to see this many cars in the east and west lots around Bramlage. It was awesome.
0: Wyatt, we appreciate it. So you guys will have the call. We'll have it beginning uh, right at noon here against mm-hmm. Oklahoma State on KFH. Uh, got to have it. I, it's not one that's going to excite the metrics or do anything like that, but can, they can't <laughs> let it slip away either. They got to get it done.
1: Yeah, and it, it's and you know this. The, it's a quick turn, too, with – OSU and Stillwater, and then Monday night, Kansas here. So this, this is, yep. and then we go to BYU a, a week from tomorrow. So pretty big, not not that they are not all, but uh, pretty big stretch of games here for sure.
0: Yeah, got to snap the streak. Can't let that one slip away. Wyatt, will enjoy the call this weekend. Have a great day and have a good trip to Stillwater.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Good talking to you.
0: There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app. K-State men's basketball broadcasts are always available live for you here on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And on the Odyssey app. Tune in Saturday uh, for the Wildcats in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. Or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at game time. Tommy and I will be back. Uh, lots to get to today. We'll dig a little bit more back into Super Bowl. Prep, more chatter yesterday uh, among uh, some of the key chiefs, what they had to say, what they were talking about. I'll tell you what I took away from Holmes' sound yesterday when we returned.
1: AFH.
0: All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, getting you ready for a Super Bowl. Now just, what are we, eight days away? Uh, man, no, ten, nine days away. Nine days away. It's Friday, not Saturday. Getting ahead of myself here. Um, so th- this is a pretty critical week, but a week that's much quieter than ne- next week will be, certainly. Uh, some things standing out. Yesterday, Pat, I I went through, and I did not listen to all of the Chiefs sound yesterday, but I did Patrick Mahomes. There is uh, a little edge to him that's not normally seen. I could tell you that, like from what I can tell, just in his mannerisms and and everything. Like that dude is locked in right now. He seems like a little angry or something. I can't quite put my finger on it, Um, but it's there. I think it's there, and it's interesting and probably not a good sign for the 49ers, but he does seem a little edgy right now. That's that's sort of the tone I took from yesterday's availability.
3: Yeah, you know, and I think that part of that, the way that this season has played out for him, I think part of it is Patrick Mahomes is competitive. We've seen that on countless, uh, countless situations, countless times throughout his career, but par- it's partially the way that this season has played out. It has not been, as we all know, A perfect season for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they've been doubted more than they ever have been. I've doubted them more than I ever have in Patrick Mahomes' career. I think a lot of people have suggested that you know maybe he lost a step or whatever that might be for whatever reason. We've we've talked about it at length and it's well documented. And here they are, they're competing for a world championship in back-to-back years, and. If I were him, I'd be edgy too. I get it. I get, you know, the naysayers are there and they've morphed into the villains. They've morphed into the dynasty and people want to see, and this is the way it always is. People want to see the team at the very top get knocked down a peg. And, you know, I think that has to do with kind of why his attitude is the way it is.
0: There's no question. It's, you know, he, he uses that and, and you really can't fulfill your, you know, prove the doubters wrong, told you so you know, storyline unless you win this game, right? Like in reality, I think them getting to this point despite some of the issues they faced this year is pretty nice. I know that that I know Chiefs Kingdom has reached this point of Super Bowl or bus. I understand that, but the reality is it's pretty impressive that the Chiefs reached this point. But that doesn't matter now. You know, you can you can look back at that in three years and say, yeah, that was pretty impressive back then when they did that. Remember when they, but no, right now, if you don't win it, it's in, and, and that's, you hear that all the time. Like I forget who it was, was just telling a story or recalling just how painful it was to lose a Super Bowl, uh, You know, and, and I, I think it was Mark Donovan actually on the, on the kingdom show here talking about when he was in Philadelphia and like as immediately after the game, it's like, we may never get back here again. Now the Chiefs are in a little bit different position than that, but I get it. Uh, Joey Bosa running his mouth a little bit, good for the Chiefs. Saying yeah, or sorry, not Joey. Nick Bosa. Uh, he, he was asked about you know the Chiefs' tackles, the bookends, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, and he basically just said they hold a lot. Um,
3: so there you go. I mean, they but do. That, they, they do. He's, he's not incorrect. Juwan Taylor but, is. Juwan Taylor is the most penalized player in the NFL. So uh he's, he's yeah, talking he's not about wrong. like
0: on film, like what do you see out yeah. of him? All that kind of stuff. Like, okay. Like I, they'll have something for him. I mean, you know that they will, they'll hear that they'll process it. They'll put it away. They'll file it away. Travis Kelsey will probably have something to say to him during the game. And that'll be incredible to watch. And, and you know, and that's, that's just sort of what this becomes. Like, I, I think it's so relatable, honestly, because it's, it's just like the rest of us are right. Like, uh, like I shouldn't say all of us, but a lot of us, most of us, certainly me, right? Like if I'm out yeah. there on the field and, and Nick Bosa goofs up, you better believe I'm going to have something to say about, you know, they hold or whatever it is. Like if he gets pancaked or something like, yeah, you gotta, like, well, you gotta say something you do I'm listening to, you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes laughing it up on the Pat McAfee show about how they were so ready if Tucker missed a kick to get out there and say something. Like, yes, like you know whatever it is, playing beer league softball. Like you're you're paying attention. You're probably and that's what I think. Like to me, is so enjoyable about the Chiefs is because at least Kelsey and Mahomes they're so relatable to the way the rest of us operate. Right when we're out there just talking a little trash and you know, filing stuff away and are ready to pounce on any opportunity to do it. I I enjoy that part of it so much, and I'm so glad that Nick Bosa uh, had that to say because it just gives us another storyline to look at.
3: I know that you are a longtime professional wrestling fan, and don't you think that the Chiefs have leaned into this full heel turn, you know, especially with everything that has happened, like with Justin Tucker last week and the – all the things on the sideline from the regular season when they were so frustrated. Like, they know that they're the villains now. They know that people want to see them fall. And I think they're kind of leaning into it a little bit. And they've completed that full-fledged heel turn. Tom Brady yeah. was the same way at the yeah, height of the Patriots dynasty. Like, they've kind of done that, I think.
0: So I think that they're more of the lovable bad guy, right? Right. So I think people genuinely disliked Tom Brady far more than anyone genuinely dislikes Kelsey and Mahomes. Yeah, they're the villain, but they wear it well, and they're the popular villain, right? They're the early Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like people are trying to paint them as the villain, yet you you enjoy them so much, right? Like, and it's at least that's what it appears to me. And, and it's hard for me, too, because – so I live in Chiefs' kingdom. Obviously, everybody loves the Chiefs, or most people do. And even then back home when I talk to people, everybody loves the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. So I never feel the Chiefs – the only time I feel the, the heat is from, I've got some good friends that are big-time 49ers fans. And because of the last Super Bowl, and now, of course, this one, they don't like the Chiefs at all. But it's not very many people when I run around. So I can't find the haters. You know, and I guess on TV, like, you see analysts and stuff trying to dissect Mahomes. But we've been doing that since the beginning of time with football, right? We did that. We do that with everybody. Like, we always want the next thing. Who's going to be the next? Who's going to be the next? And I I don't think it's just chatter either because we didn't think there was going to be an ex-Brady and we already have it. They played at the same time for a brief period of time. They played against each other in a big game or two. So I don't mind people trying to find the next one. The problem for them is Mahomes is very young still. Like, he could easily play another 10 or 12 years at a high level. And so while you're trying to find the next one, he's going to be at his peak. At least when you were trying to find the next Brady and Mahomes came along. It was at the very end of Brady. Now Brady won another Super Bowl, uh, but I I I don't know. I think they're the lovable bad guys. Like this isn't this isn't LeBron James level hate. This isn't Tom Brady level hate. Kobe Bryant level hate. Like these are the lovable bad guys. Does anybody really hate
3: the Chiefs? I think people hate what the Chiefs have become. Now, I think people I think they hate, hate their wear. success. They hate the success. That's just natural, though. You know, right. you've got a team that has a lot of success, and you're always rooting for the underdog. And and I, when I don't have a dog in the fight, if I'm watching a Super Bowl or if I'm watching the World Series or whatever it is, I'm usually going to cheer for the team that was not expected to be there sure. over the team yeah. that is always there always. to watch yeah, yeah. them. You know, get to the top of the mountain. I will agree with you. The Chiefs as villains are different than like the Astros were villains. Everybody hates the Astros for genuine reasons. The Astros had a dynasty in the same way that the Chiefs have a dynasty. But the, the level of hate is entirely different, I think, between those two teams where it's not like the Chiefs have done anything wrong. They just win a lot. They have a lot of fun while doing it. I think that when they struggled this season, a lot of t- a lot of people were ready to knock them off that mountain entirely. And I think it rubs people the wrong way that all they did was just win and find their way back to the Super Bowl.
0: The conspiracy theorists probably have a genuine. But I, I think there's a few reasons why it's hard to hate them to the same level some of the... Dynasty teams have been hated. We'll do that in the next hour. we got to take a quick break. 869-1240 on the way out of this hour. Let's give away some HTO, Jad. We'll do a free iced tea and a free brew house coffee. Uh, the iced tea, more than 25 flavors, available for you at any of the Wichita or Derby locations. The coffee available either at the East Wichita location or in Derby. Good luck. First caller to that KFH hotline will get that. We'll come back. We'll continue this conversation. How... Are the Chiefs perceived outside of Chiefs' kingdom? That's next on Sports Daily.
2: Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
0: All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily Hour number two. Congratulations to Jared for winning our HTO giveaway. We're chatting right now about the Chiefs and their maybe perception from around the country. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here, Jed Chambers Producing. So I do think they're the villains now of the NFL. I think you've got conspiracy theorists saying they get all the calls, even though they were like the most penalized team in football this year, uh, which is interesting and that the league wants them in. And yeah, I mean, I think I agree that the league wants them in with Taylor, with Taylor Swift and everything, but I don't think the league does anything to help them get there intentionally. Uh, Gary points out that if Kelsey keeps running his mouth to kickers and going on shows and uh, cussing people out, the Chiefs will be more hated down the road. See, I, I actually think people like that, Gary. Like, I think I think one of the reasons for me, that maybe the biggest, that I think it's it's harder for people to wrap their brains around the Chiefs as villains outside of the fact that they beat your team, right? That's, that's always going to be the case. But it's because... I feel like Mahomes and Kelsey are so relatable, and I feel like Andy Reid. You, you may not love Andy Reid, but he doesn't have the sort of personality, and he's like, you know, he's like the big lovable teddy bear. Even though he can get as grumpy as anybody, you know, in his media availability or whatever, he doesn't he doesn't show it the same way. Like we, you know, he's he's sort of like the adorable NFL character. Always has been. It's the mustache. It's the you know, self deprecating hamburger jokes. It's like whatever it is. Like we we just we appreciate him. And and he's a brilliant offensive mind and we appreciate that too. But Mahomes is relatable, man. Like that's backyard football that we all grew up playing. That's trash talk that we all grew up watching. Like he 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 always does and says the right things I don't remember a time where he says the wrong things. He had a couple of moments this year where he got on to officials. But, like, that was such an outlier to what we've ever seen. And then Kelsey, when I say he's relatable, like, no, he's into, like, fashion and style and all that. And he's dating the world's biggest pop star. That's not relatable. But what's relatable is like he's ready to throw down he's right re- like all those things where you're like yeah yeah I, I I've been there I've been there I I just think that's the part of it that makes it fun to watch them like they always are entertaining us and you know Brady was like an underwear model right like I you know <laughs> he's a, he's a little you know he's this really good looking guy and he's 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 on GQ and 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 maybe Kelsey is some of that and maybe Mahome's wants to be some of that and, and does get it, I guess. I, I just it does feel different to me. And and the reality is I think Brady's super relatable too. Like he's a world class beer chugger that, you know, loves sports and, and all these other things. But I don't know. And maybe it's because I live in the middle of it. It has felt different to me though than like the Patriots. The Patriots, everybody hated the Patriots. They had the cheating scandals. They had all of that stuff. I just don't know how much People hate the Chiefs outside of their team actually playing against them.
3: I think they hate the success. You mentioned that before. That's always going to be there. There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, what, probably five years ago, when the Chiefs were the scrappy underdogs coming in. The unproven team trying to knock off Brady and Belichick. Um, and it, there was a, a D Ford penalty that kept the Chiefs from advancing. And then, of course, the the calls were there that the Patriots, you know, get everything and the NFL Patriots in the Super Bowl. All we've done is swap out the Patriots for the Chiefs. That's basically what's happened five years later. And I think that really it's just the fact that. This franchise is riding high and it's been riding high for a while. And every other franchise and the fans of every other franchise in the National Football League wants to be in that same position. They want to have a generational quarterback like Brady and like Mahomes and, you know, be 100 percent secure in that for the next decade plus. They want to be able to have one of, if not the greatest head coaches of all time at Andy Reid and be secure in that. And be able to lead that team to multiple championships. Every other franchise in America wants to have what Kansas City has. That's going to breed jealousy. It's going to breed, you know, resentment. All of that. That's what it's going to to, to breed and, and and grow. And that's what's happened. And we're there right now. And as long as this success continues, I think the other thing too is that now we're at a point where the Chiefs and their fans. Kind of embrace it. They kind of relish in it. They're kind of like, yeah, bring it on. Like we'll take the hate. We'll be the villains as long as we can keep winning. As long as our franchise is still there every year, year in and year out, we're okay with that. We'll take that.
0: Yeah, look, I I get that part of it. I and I do think over time it could it could get to that point. But what we like the Chiefs, they've won two Super Bowls right in this six year stretch but like, they haven't even won a back-to-back Super Bowl in it. Like, Yeah, they've been the most successful, and it, and it points to the league as much as anything else. They've, they've only won two of them. They've been in three of them. This will be the fourth, and yes, that's remarkable, but it's not like they're winning all the Super Bowls, right? They'll right. be the first team in forever if they can get this one done to go back-to-back. What will be really, really interesting is... If they win this one, and we know no team has ever won three in a row, does that draw more people to want to see that happen? Or does it draw more people to say, we don't want this team to be the team that does that? And if if people don't want this team to be the team that does that, then it's going to be hard to ever imagine a team that people want to see do it. That's the other part about this whole retirement conversation that we keep hearing with Kelsey and Reed. You mean to tell me that if the Chiefs win this game, those two guys aren't going to want to take a swing at that insurmountable thing of this sport, which is three straight Super Bowls. The Cowboys had the greatest run over a stretch. They got three in four years. They got very, very close, couldn't get it done. I think that's the best team we've seen take a swing at it, and they couldn't even get it done. If the Chiefs win this one... You, you're going to tell me that Kelsey and Reed don't want to come back and try to make that history? I don't see it.
3: Well, I didn't even see it with the thought that if they lose the game or if they get well, bounced early in the playoffs. Right. I, like I've, I've never really thought that that was even a legitimate thing. And then maybe you know, after next weekend, we'll know. We'll know after next weekend what the plans are. Uh, I've loved having Reed in Kansas City. For the last 11 years, I've loved having Travis Kelsey for the last 11 years. I mean, they're they're tied together. I've not one time throughout this season or even the postseason been concerned that either one of them was leaving. Mm -hmm. I I really haven't been, you know, and so, uh, of course, who knows? Uh, Yeah, I think you said it yesterday where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been a lot of smoke, at least with Andy Reid over the last couple of weeks. I get it. I'm still not at that panic level yet.
0: Oh, and there's no panic. I don't believe it's going to happen. I've said that from the beginning. I, I just don't see how those two guys don't come back in any circumstance, certainly if they win it. Maybe that's the pressure you know, for the Chiefs to win this game is so they do. I, I don't know, but um, it's been fun. A couple other interesting Super Bowl nuggets. Uh, the Madden simulation is complete. It has the Niners winning in Charvarius Ward as the game's MVP. He's been really good since going to San Francisco. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. Um, I found out Tommy yesterday got Super Bowl squares, uh, a Super Bowl square of Chiefs at zero and Niners at three. And I got to tell you, I'll, I'm excited about that. You get zero and three in your Super Bowl squares. Yeah. You're cooking. You're cooking. All you're, you're Super missing Bowl is Square, I've done it
3: before. Yeah. All you're missing is, you know, seven and maybe yeah. four. Those are the only ones that you're probably missing.
0: Yeah. You, you want that, that three and that zero. I mean, I, t- seven is nice too. Yeah. Those are, but those are the three numbers. So I'm, I'm excited about that. We got the props, of course. I don't, I don't think we can bet the props here in Kansas. Actually, I think that's one of the things that's restricted on us. But some of the props have been uh, a whole lot of fun. Uh, it, was getting read some of the Taylor Swift props about lipstick colors and you know whether she's wearing a hat at the game and all kinds of fun and silly stuff. Like,
3: is it the there Super... a proposal prop also for Kelsey yeah, to propose I, I think to her?
0: One from like another country or whatever. He ain't proposing to Taylor Swift after the Super Bowl. <laughs> come on now. Uh, I mean, they've been what have they been dating? Not even a calendar year. Like, let's 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 come on now. They haven't even had a chance to enjoy each other in their off seasons, right? Like, they've both been. It, in the middle of an NFL season and on the world's biggest music tour of all time. Like let's, let's see, let's see let when they can get some actual time. Like I can't <laughs> even imagine uh, that maybe that is the best way to have a relationship, right. With a future wife, just have one where you only spend like two days out of the week together. I bet they don't get in a lot of fights that way. You know, they're not you know, arguing about toothbrush or, you know, toilet seats or which way to hang the toilet paper probably yet, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I'm excited about it. I, I love the Super Bowl. I love all the fanfare. I love all the silliness, all the craziness, all the stupid questions that will get asked by outrageous outlets next week. Like I, I'm here for all of that. I'm a firm believer that the Monday following the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Um, why not? Right? Like it's it's one of the great parties of the year that the entire country participates in. I don't know that I've ever come across anybody that's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm probably not doing anything for the Super Bowl. Like, it, everybody watches it. Everybody watches it either for the game, obviously, for the commercials, uh, for the halftime show. Now you've got the Taylor Swift aspect from it. It will be probably the most watched Super Bowl we've ever had in the history of Super Bowls. And and I'm here for all of it. And can we just get Monday off, please? Like, who who makes that call, by the way, on national holidays? I need to write an angry letter for a couple of these. One... Super Bowl Monday needs to be a national holiday. Two, why are we celebrating Halloween on anything other than a Saturday? Right? Like, there are a few things we need to we need to sort out with the national hall, but who who gets that angry letter? Right? Who 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 is the recipient? Is that a president? Like, do we have to get to the president? Is it our Local elected official, like who Who do we reach out to to make some of these changes that lit, like we're all looking for political slam dunks, right? You want to win
3: a couple political points? Go after those. I would add one to you that I don't think the 4th of July should be in the middle of the week, although I know it's the 4th of July. That if one's you just important. Did, if you just did Independence Day and put it on a weekend. No, that uh, one. that's that, that nothing one, worse than a 4th of July on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah, but the.
0: That's like changing the day of Christmas. Like there are reasons those are specific days. There's no reason for Halloween. Okay, well
3: then have the day after have July fifth be a holiday as well because you stay up late and watch the fireworks. Well, you, you got observed. You get, get the observed
0: and, holiday at work, right? Like, don't you? Like you typically get on a, the
3: fourth, but not the day after.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it'd be it'd make more sense to. Yeah, I I get it. I get. I guess I don't ever. I guess I don't ever like anticipate a hangover from whatever Fourth of July celebration is. Like I, I, you know, and I'll I'll probably have to work for this year's Super Bowl, so it won't be this way. But most of the like, if you know, the Super Bowl is kind of a hangover holiday, right? Like we need to adjust our hangover holidays and. You know, New Year's Eve is Halloween a
3: hangover holiday for you.
0: No, but Halloween's a trick or treating holiday, and kids Uh, having to do that on a school night's a problem. It's a kid hangover holiday, yes, from all the candy and staying up late. That's a kid hangover holiday for sure. And there's no like significance to the date. Like, who are we going to offend if we celebrate Halloween on October 28th? We change the date of Thanksgiving every year to celebrate it on, on that Thursday. To, to open up the long weekend, right? We've designed Thanksgiving that way. Nobody cares about Valentine's Day that way. Like, we, we just need, we need Halloween and we need, oh, you know what the other one is that I would also advocate to make a national holiday. This one will never happen, but opening day of Major League Baseball, right? Can we get like an official opening day that, you know, you get like a hall pass from work or whatever so parents can take their kids out to the ballpark and do that kind of stuff? You know, that, that'd be that another one, one I happen. would advocate for. No, but no, it won't,
3: I, but... I would add on the first two days of March Madness. that it, The fact that those yeah. are two working days, I don't like that yeah, either. It's not but, acceptable. I mean, that one's not going to happen either.
0: Most employers would agree with you because you know you're getting nothing out of your people yep. those days. Like, you, you, yeah, we're here in, in, in body, but that's it. Like, nobody's paying attention to anything those days. Everybody's looking at their brackets. Everybody's, you know, on the horn, getting ready uh, to – brag that they got the first but I got all four games right in the first window. Here we go, man. Like it's gonna be great. You know, that's that's all anybody cares about on March Madness for the first couple of days. I, I agree with that. Is that a hangover? Yeah, that'd be a that'd qualify as a hangover that'd be a holiday hangover. too. Yeah. Yep. That that definitely especially we maybe just the Friday of, you know, because you're not you're not gonna have a hangover Thursday morning, but I think there's a lot of folks that, that are definitely hungover on Friday. From the opening day of March Madness, so I think like the closest
3: you- thing that we got to that was when the opening rounds were here in Wichita, and it was like the city shut down. I would imagine that next most, year. most places like you just didn't you didn't work. You went downtown. Yeah, uh, I've never experienced, and I, this is completely off topic. I've never experienced Wichita like that. That was incredible. I can't wait for that to come back next year.
0: It was as uh, on display as I've ever seen the city. And, yeah, it'll be back next year. And, and you know, it was very unfortunate that we lost it in the COVID year. At the same time, it, it, will, ha- it will allow enough time that it will be just as uh, momentous, I think, for the city and that everybody's going to get behind it again. It, 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 Wichita's uh, – the good news for us here – Wichita's going to be in the rotation for the rest of time, right? Like, that's not going to be a problem. One, it allows – for the NCAA, it, it allows for Kansas to play close to home, you know, whenever it can. And and that, you know, that matters. I don't know if we'll get as good a draw as we got that first year. I mean, we were very, very fortunate. You had unreal fan bases. You had Houston, Michigan, San Diego State, and then Kansas. Like, that, the draw of the fan bases was incredible for us here. And I don't know that we'll get that lucky again. Uh, but we'll we'll get Kansas or Kansas. We'll, we'll That'll happen
3: a lot. I'm going to put it on the record right now. I know we're a little over a year from that. We got to do Sports Daily live from downtown next year for those two. I mean, because it'll be leading up right to the, the first games of that opening window. So I'm putting that on the record right now. We're over a year from that. We got to get that set up so we can make that happen.
0: Jad, uh, I need... I need you – you may already know this. Are we allowed to drink beer on the air?
2: <laughs> I think you – I think the two of you might be able to. There's no way I can.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: I, nobody I mean, would ever is, know.
0: Isn't there some CNN anchor who gets, like, hammered every year on the New Year's broadcast?
3: Well, I don't, don't think those he works guys, for CNN anymore. I think he got fired.
0: Who did uh, – Don Lemon, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, really? He's gone. When did he yeah. get
0: fired? Doesn't. But but uh, Anderson Cooper also in, in indulges on the on the does New he? Year's broadcast, right? Okay. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a good reason not to. Uh, but uh, you know, like if we can get down there and and you know get in on the festivities, maybe. Yeah,
2: I'm be, in.
3: Mm. Let's make that'd that happen. Fun.
2: Well, on our yeah, sister he, station, our very own guy Bauer uh, of the Good Life, he uh tests wine from uh every now and then so uh we'll see there you go
0: yeah does he but does he have to spit it out when he tests the wine i don't think so no we my it's a waste of wine went to a, we went to a vineyard my dad my brother and i and <laughs> we're talking about like you know the clampets inner northern california like we go to this vineyard and and we like they're People are spitting out their wine, and I'm looking over. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not spitting <laughs> that out. Like, yeah. what are we? They're giving us free wine. Like, what are we doing here? As long and as, I guess it's one way or the other. I don't, I don't know. As
2: long as I have the ability to shut your microphones off, I think you guys could possibly, probably best not to overindulge.
0: But uh, yeah,
3: well, it's not, it's not ex- always a
0: g- always a good lesson in life. Uh, yeah. yeah, you might have to be a little quick trigger on the on the delay button a little more than normal. Um, not like we don't keep you on our toes anyway. I think we do that. Um, that's part of the fun. Keep Jad on his toes. The callers certainly do that. Uh, Gary also chimes in on Kelsey, by the way, and this is interesting. He says some people in Kansas City are not that fond of Kelsey. He lives there. I would I would venture to guess, Gary, that you were in the vast, 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 vast minority on that. Like I, I, he has. There was a poll, and we ran this the other day in the newscast just because, you know, you, you're everyone's having fun with all the silliness. There was a poll on what player, what NFL player would you want to have as a neighbor? And do you know now who polled higher than Patrick Mahomes? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has become the league's biggest celebrity. He was always, you know, sort of like a small time sl- he, He's in every commercial. When was the last time a non-quarterback did this, Tommy? Like, Travis Kelsey's popularity is soaring. And it was before Taylor Swift. It is now, obviously, with Taylor Swift. But he's hosting SNL. He, and, and a lot of that is coattailing Mahomes, and they have fun with that at times. But... I don't think there's very many people that don't enjoy Travis Kelsey this podcast they have now I mean it's it is the simplest like it's not this insane production value it's not but but it's still so much fun to listen to because you've got these two brothers just you know yucking it up I, I think it's better than the Manning cast and I haven't watched much of the Manning cast and it's not anything against the Mannings It's just that I'd rather watch the football game but I don't know I. I think that he's as likable a character as the NFL has, period, right now. Like, Nick is a guy that I think most people don't like, and the Bosa, like, they're kind of the villain bad guys, whatever. I don't know. I could be wrong on this. I think Kelsey's trash talk is endearing. I think we kind of like it.
3: I wouldn't call him—I don't think likable is the right word, although I think he is, but I, I, I don't think like—I think— uh,
0: You're talking about from the general public standpoint.
3: Yeah, I think he's popular. I think there's a difference between being popular and being likable. You know, I don't think that he's like this lovable teddy bear that you know you. I think Jason is. His brother is. I'm not sure Travis is. Like Travis is the, the high school jock. They got the cheerleader. Like that's that's basically, what. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that I think he's a unlikable guy. I'm just not sure that that's the first word I would use to describe him. Maybe I'm off on that. May I could be wrong. I I I would. I would guess
0: that he's one of the most likable players in the NFL. And and he's been he's, they've cast themselves more a little bit more of an of the villain role this year, but that's the chip on the shoulder thing. We'll see. Uh we're, we're getting closer. The most Super negative adjective wait. I can think of might be I don't know, meathead. But that but it's fully yeah. embraced,
3: right? Like his brother yeah, calls I'd, him the Yeti. Like yeah, they, I don't know. <laughs> I think Gronkowski was more of the meathead, you know, dumb yeah, jock kind of guy. Yeah. That's a little bit no different. Question. Gronk, Gronk no is different than Kelsey is.
0: Gronk embraces it, too. Gronk was also likable for that reason. But, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I that's, that's a good one. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Um, KU this weekend, that game against Houston, just a massive, massive test for them at home. How must-win is it? I, I, I'm going back and forth on that. We'll, we'll get into it when we return on Sports Daily. Welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here with you on this Friday. All right, so Houston and Kansas... Premier game of the weekend. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones this weekend, by the way. But this is this is as good or better than any of them. I would I would say, uh, and we're biased to that, of course. But I look at it and I'm trying to decide whether I think this is must win. I, I think there. So Kansas sits right now, one game back of Houston in the Big Twelve standings. If they lose. They would only be two games back of Houston in the Big Twelve standings, so I, I I don't know that I would call it must win. The other part of that is is Houston gonna you know how many losses is Houston gonna have in the league right Let's let's say Houston wins and they sit at two losses. Are they gonna fall to five or six losses? Does any team and I think that becomes the question: Can any team in the Big Twelve? run this thing through where they only have like three or four losses, Houston may be the most likely to be able to do that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we'll either get to five like we did last year, Tommy, or maybe it gets even higher this year. And so that's what makes me think it's not must win yet for Kansas.
3: I don't think three is likely, but I do think four could happen. And if it is going to be four, it's probably going to be Houston. if it's four, they
0: gotta they gotta win this game for sure. I just mm-hmm. don't know if I think it's gonna be four, and that's where I get in. Like, try just to be predictive again. None of this really matters for the NCAA tournament, but just like I don't know. Like, is Houston that dominant? Are they that good? Because I think they'd be the most likely to do it if a team's gonna do it. Texas Tech's not gonna do it. I don't think Iowa State's gonna do it. I've told you before, TCU's kind of this team. That I've got my eye on as as a, and it's not that they're a dark horse, but they should have beat Kansas. They kind of got hosed in that deal. I, I I think Houston's the most likely if a team's going to do it, and I just don't know that I think that they're they're good enough for that. And I think they're great. They may be my national championship pick when push comes to shove at the end of the year. I just are they really going to run through this gauntlet with only one or two more losses? That that just seems like that's too much of a challenge for anybody.
3: Yeah, I think that one of the keys to the game for the Jayhawks tomorrow is to do everything that they can to limit LJ Cryer. They are familiar with Cryer. Of course, Cryer mm-hmm. played at Baylor for a number of years, so they've the, the Jayhawks have faced him before. And Cryer's been really good this season, except in the two conference losses that Houston has against Iowa State and TCU. In those two games, Cryer scored five points in each game, and he was two of 13 combined from three. In both of those games and so if the Jayhawks can limit him then at that point you know he's a direct correlation to his performance and how well the Cougars do so they're gonna have to do defensively a good job on him to have a better shot to win that game but on the flip side we know how great of a defensive team Houston is and so they've got to find creative ways to try to disrupt that defense that Houston brings to the table Uh, I would imagine that Houston is going to down as they are the every game and so you know Bill Self is going to have to and I'm sure he already has draw up good ideas and strategies to get around that defense that Houston plays
0: yeah I agree I mean that's that's the challenge for anybody it's what makes Kelvin Sampson so successful is his ability to coach defense I mean it's you're you're looking at two of the more brilliant defensive minds head-to-head for this first time I love this game we don't have the lines out on it yet um, so we don't know the over/under, we don't know the spread. I I suspect Kansas will be a slight, slight, very small favorite, and uh, that it'll be a very low total. Uh, but we don't have that yet. We'll get it in the morning. I, I this is it's what's wild about it is if it, if it's felt like it's sort of slipping away for Kansas, there there's absolutely a scenario where they're in first place in the Big Twelve by by Sunday, right? If they can beat Houston, if Iowa State falls in Waco to Baylor and if cincinnati goes on the road and beats texas tech that i mean there you go like that's and that's when i look at those kinds of things i think that's what for me it's like i i don't i don't know who's going to come out on top i think it's going to be a jumbled mess i th- i don't think any one team i've said that for a few weeks now i don't think there will be an outright winner i think in some combination we'll have at least two teams up there i think it could be more than two i think it could be three or four I mean, honestly, like, and I haven't done the math on the schedules to see how that plays out. I just think there are so many teams in this league that are so close. Like if I like, I can't even tell you as simple as who do I think the best team in the league is not who's going to finish on target. Like, who do I think the best team in the
3: big 12 is? I, I can't even answer that. I have no idea. Well, I think tomorrow we'll tell you uh, uh, really a lot about that, uh, honestly. It will, when it's but all will it, like, are you going to – no matter if – I mean, maybe if one team
0: dominates the other, we would say, okay. But in any other outcome, are you are we really going to step away – like if Houston loses in Lawrence – are we going to step away and be like, oh, it's definitively Kansas now? No, Houston well, had to play in Lawrence.
3: It depends on how it all turns out. That's what I said. One if it's to, a blowout, that's yeah. one
0: thing. I don't think that's going to happen. But
3: One thing to keep in mind that is just it's crazy, just the the dominance of Bill Self at home. There have been 13 games inside Allen Fieldhouse in Bill Self's career where KU, it's a top 10 matchup, but KU is the lower ranked team. Yep. Bill Self is 13 and 0 in those games. In top 10 matchups at home when the Jayhawks are the lower ranked team. They're number 8, Houston is number 4. Bill Self has never lost one of those games before. It's just it's it's wild, that's crazy, uh, you know, to have that streak. The other thing about Houston that I think is really important is we know how locked down they are defensively. That's their calling card. They're very aggressive, but what they do is when they're aggressive they get fouls called on them, and I would think, especially inside Allen Fieldhouse, the Jayhawks are going to get to the line tomorrow. I would almost, I'd bet, you know, money on that, that the Jayhawks will get to the line quite a bit tomorrow because, number one, it's in Allen, in Allen Fieldhouse, and number two, because we know that Houston plays really aggressive defense. If Kansas can make their free throws, that that may be the difference maker in this game when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I mean totally. They could also lock Houston down and it just gets so ugly that they're in good shape. I there's there's a billion different ways I could see that game going. I mean, really. Like I I I'm I'm going to have a hard time betting it cuz I just don't know how to bet it. I would bet Kansas shows up in a big way. I'll tell you that. I don't think they're going to let us down for this one. I don't even know like I don't think we're 100% clear on Kevin McCullough yet. Yeah, I suspect yeah, yeah. I suspect that he'll mark. play, but I mean if, if Kevin McCullough's not playing, like how, and that's the thing too. So let's say Houston beats Kansas by eight points, but it was without McCullough. Does that really change your opinion on anything? I, I don't think it does for me. If Kansas came out and won by 16 without McCullough, then maybe I'm like, okay. Like now we're finding our groove here. I don't. I just don't think those things are going to happen. It, it, I and we'll continue to have this exercise over the next month because we're just not going to know. We're just. I. I don't think there's any team in this league that's gonna that's gonna do enough to run away with it. I think up until the last game of the regular season, this thing will be undecided and open. I. I think it's going to be a tie at the top. I don't even know what the tiebreakers are. Don't really care. But what's so fun about it and what's been so fun about it is, like, as we look around college basketball, of these, like, tell me which of these teams you could absolutely say you don't think is capable of going to a Final Four. Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, Baylor. I think undoubtedly those teams could make that case. I think you could add Texas Tech. I think they've done enough to this point. Again, I haven't seen BYU, but just based on the metrics, you'd be crazy to say they couldn't get to that point. We know Texas has the talent. I don't think I would put them in that conversation. I would not put Kansas State in that conversation, and I don't think I'd put Oklahoma in that conversation, but that may be a shame on me thing. Maybe Oklahoma is that, but we're talking about legitimately – Seven or eight of these teams that you can see in the final four, like they are good enough where you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I could see that.
3: I mean, I would probably, if it were me, I'd probably take Iowa State out. I don't think that Iowa State is a great shooting team. Um, And so that's that might I mean, be there something is that claws them down the stretch. So I would take Iowa State out if it were me. I think Iowa State can make a run in the tournament. I'm not sure they're a final four team. But Kansas isn't a great shooting team either. Yeah, but Kansas has other ways that it, you know they make that up. Um, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't in my final four conversation. I would put Baylor in that conversation as well to be a final four team this season with their talent. Again, Drew I think nod. they could be. It's just, yeah, nod. yeah. It, you know, it, it Scott Drew has, you know, gotten them all the way. So, you know, that that's a benefit of the doubt type thing for Baylor. I'm just not sure that the talent that they've got this season would take them all the way to a Final Four. But other than that, I mean, yeah, TCU is going to be a really tough out in the tournament. They may be on that fringe of a team that you could maybe envision going that far. Um, But other than that, I mean, yeah, Kansas, Houston, BYU, um, you know, those teams are there. I like Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is a really good basketball team. And that's something that... Um, You know, they may fly under the radar and they have this entire season so far that may continue into the tournament where not a lot of people are picking them to go deep, but quietly Porter Mosier has put together a really good basketball squad.
0: TCU. Here's an intro. I just pulled this up. So TCU is you can get 19 to one right now to regular to be a big 12 regular season winner. What's wild about the Big 12? So think about that. Remember, 19 to one to win the Big 12. You know what they are to win the national championship? 25 to one,
3: 30 to 20 one, to 1 20, 20 to
0: one, 20 to one. Wow! You almost get the exact same odds for them to win the national championship as you do to win the Big 12.
3: What does that tell you about the Big 12? I mean, I think that tells it, well, you all you need to know about the Big 12. So
0: it t- it tells me. That I think there's going to be a tie at the top. It tells me it how difficult it's going to be for any one of these teams. So not only do you have to be, you know, good enough to win enough, but you have to be good enough that some other team doesn't also sit there at the top. That's what the crazy thing is. Like if that doesn't explain, like that lays it out perfectly. You TCU, according to the odds is just as likely to win a national championship as it is to win the Big 12. That's crazy. That is wild. Let me pull up Kansas real quick just to see if the same dynamic exists here. It tells me
3: you can put any team outside of the Big 12 in that conference. They're going to lose basketball games. I mean, it's by far the best basketball conference in America.
0: All right, so – yeah, that dynamic only exists with TCU because to win the Big Twelve, Kansas is at seven and a half to one to win the national championship. They're thirty to one. So that doesn't exist for every team, uh, but it does for TCU. Who I want to throw a dart at them to win the Big Twelve. I, I don't know why. I just I have this feeling. I don't know. I could I, I liked them a lot last year too, and it's probably just carryover from that. Uh, but it's fun. We love it. God, it's been a blast to watch the bit. And we're 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 like halfway through it. It's going to be even better down the stretch. Some of these teams are going to get really good and some of them will probably fall a little flat. We'll continue Sports Daily when we return. All Brockton Caster your calls on the KFH hotline 869-1240. Don't go away. All right, welcome back in uh to Sports Daily. Tommy, are you I'm curious about this. This is a total curveball. Are you an energy shot connoisseur? Like are you an energy shot guy? An energy
3: shot or an energy drink? Yeah,
0: like the little like no no, no the energy no, no, shots. No, no. I've never You're done not.
3: the shots before. Nope.
0: Are you an energy drink person? Yeah, I've
3: got one in you front of Got one of me right, right now.
0: Here. Yeah. So I am not an energy drink person. I, I do the energy shots. Like I can count like a, a Red Bull if I'm dying in Vegas. Like I, do, I don't do the energy drinks, but I do a really enjoy the energy shots because, you know, you can be done with it. I don't – they're too sweet. I don't like to play. We're about to unroll some energy shots. I think they should get in stores here today, but they're tea-based. And I'm really curious about that. I, I just like offhand because I was dealing with something yeah. else during the commercial break. And the reason I ask is there's been a lot of chatter, so a lot of people are trying them, and they're like, "Ah, you know, I I don't know. I've never been an energy shot person." I'm like, "Well, have you ever had an energy shot? They're intense." Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to try those tonight when they get into the I've store tried to. What...
3: Yeah, the the older I've gotten, I've tried to wean off the energy as much as I can. Oh, like I feel every like I once need in a while, all oh energy I'll drinks drink though. Yeah, drink. yeah drink. Like I'll drink uh I, I try to drink more coffee now. I mean I, yeah. I have to have caffeine. Um so I'm trying to coffee than anything else. Um but everyone I'll grab an energy drink. I know they're super unhealthy and probably they are. doing the, more harm than good. Yeah but. the try it try a shot. They're not unhealthy
0: from my everything I ours won't be because they're tea based, but even even some of the others are I I don't think like they're it really does pack it in. So I have found myself as I get older, needing Like, so I have coffee in the morning, right? And I need just, I, I, I've reached the age where I fall asleep in the middle of the day, right? Where like you sit down and you just pass out. And my wife swears I have narcolepsy. And I'm like, honey, like this happens to every man <laughs> on the planet. Like I have reached. So like I find myself all the time in the middle of the day. I'm like, I got to have something here. I can't like I got to I got to power through and so I I do those. I'm curious to see those tonight. Yeah, That's guys. A I'm, I'm a step or go so ahead, Jed.
2: I'm a step or so older than you guys. So it was about the time I got your guys age that I gave up energy drinks entirely. Yeah. I I really kind of had to at that point and even like even now, even the shots aren't something I can go for even now. The tea thing
0: I'm interested in yeah, try one. Let me know. And I have yeah. not tried them yet. They 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 arrive literally tonight, so I I will try. And I know I've been excited about this for a long time. I haven't really been able to talk about it. I can now because they'll literally be in the store in a little bit. But I've been ex- because I am a connoisseur of those things, and like so, I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. Some people have said like they're they're really good if you just pour it into your
3: tea, which makes mm. sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I would drink like I'll go a day and and have you know two or three cups of coffee in the morning, and then just drink iced tea throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and, so you get and like I'm, a slow and steady yeah. fix of it. Yeah. And I'm an unsweet iced tea guy. I don't. Me, me too. I me don't too. want sugar in it. I don't need flavoring. I like, literally just give me the plain, unsweet yeah. iced tea, uh, and I'm good to go.
0: Well, that's what people ask. They always say when they they're like, what's your favorite? I'm like, unsweet iced tea, like the unsweet mm-hmm. regular tea. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. it's delicious. It's amazing.
2: Here's a question I got to ask you, though, Jacob, because it seems like you would be for this in one way and against it in another way. So it's just one word I got to throw out there uh, to see if HTO has any plans. The word is kombucha.
0: Uh, no the the word from us would be no at least from anything I've ever gathered that's not our wheelhouse that the like, thing we're is iced it we're is iced tea, tea. no I know and and boba and all that stuff no there there are other people that do that really really well I, I don't I personally don't have any interest in it I don't think there's any interest at a higher up level like we're laser focused on being the best at iced tea just like regular old like you know iced tea all right. uh, so no i I don't I don't think so um, of course, I mean I'm mean, never say never. I don't. I'm not at the authority to say that, but <laughs> I don't. I don't believe so. Um, little, so I intended here, and we have a couple minutes, Tommy. LeBron James. Now there are rumors that the Lakers would like to trade him, which is interesting and makes sense. I, I get it. I don't know that he'll want to be traded at this stage in his life. We'll see. But there's a team that would be really interesting. That would obviously have a lot of uh, interest for us boy, Oklahoma City would make a ton of sense, wouldn't it? They've got all kinds of draft capital. They are so flippin' loaded, so good. Like, you want to talk about—so so, so the, a bunch of local TV stations, including KWCH, got the broadcast rights to some Oklahoma City Thunder games. So, like, their, their Friday games air on the KSCW now, and I'm like, this timing for these local TV stations. Could you imagine if LeBron James was playing the rest of the season in Oklahoma City?
3: I can imagine it. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, Rich Paul, his agent, uh, just said today that he's, oh, okay. not, he's not being traded. He's not going to request a trade. So whether or not—, not Well,
0: no, I think that the report out of L.A., and it was from a reporter there, that the Lakers are would, would like to trade him. I don't know that LeBron—I don't think LeBron would like to be traded. He's he's a family man now. That's why he's in L.A., I think, to begin with, his son and all these
3: things. Doesn't he have—he's got to have a no-trade clause. I mean, I'm sure that that's Oh, he can, of— Oh, he's got
0: to—I'll-do-whatever-I-want clause. Like, yes, he, he can do anything he wants. And I, and I and again, and it'll maybe it'll become a topic for another day. I've got no issue with guys being like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I know some people are like, oh, that's so selfish or whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. Put yourself in that situation. I cannot imagine yeah. right now somebody saying, hey, we need you to go and uh, go work the next six months in, in uh, you know, Atlanta. I'd be like, what? No, I'm not doing that. Like, my yeah. family's here. So I get it. I totally get it. We we hold that. And, and I get it. They're millionaires. You go do it. If somebody offered me a million dollars, maybe I would do it. I don't know. Maybe my wife would kick me out the door. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, who knows? Uh, but – We'll see. That'll be a story to follow next week, though, because if there's any team in position to do it, it'd be the Thunder. They got all kinds of draft picks, and they are good right now at the highest level. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily. Busy day on the networks this weekend. We'll tell you about it next.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.